0: This is episode 13 of Caucus Talk, your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus mountains of Russia. I'm your host, Andrew. And I'm Eli. And welcome to the second episode in our mini-series on the arts or humanities in the North Caucasus.
1: You know, you keep saying humanities. It is humanities. It is arts and
0: humanities. <laughs> Am I showing I, I, my we ignorance?
1: Have... No, 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 you're not. No, no we have literature we we do have literature um i guess humanities is so broad but it is we I mean, yes. it's both both hand. so
0: <laughs> well i'm excited today Oops. listeners because Eli is going to he's going to steal the show this is this is one of his uh areas of expertise this is my baby and, uh, and it's one of my areas where i just know almost nothing in uh so expertise. yeah i'm i'm excited for you to Lead us, guide us. Well,
1: thank you, Andrew. That's generous. It's not really, I'm not an expert yet. So I, today we're going to do an intro, an overview of music in the Caucasus. And this is so why I am here. Um, right now, I'm living in the North Caucasus in the, on an on-ramp to a PhD study of music in the North Caucasus and uh, tr- hmm. traditional ethnic music in the role play. So, um, I am just starting that journey, and it's mainly focused on learning Russian. So, I am not an expert in this area yet. Um, I hope to become one someday. Um, then I will wear, you know, a name tag that says "Hello, I'm an <laughs> expert." No. Um, so real, let me but- let me
0: interject here. So. You said you're going to get your PhD. studying music in the North Caucasus. What would that degree be in? And just tell us a little about music in your own life, like instruments you play, like
1: Oh, sure. So I'm not a music whiz. I mean, I grew up playing music, and my focus growing up in like middle and high school, was piano and um, choral, singing, and then composition and theory. And okay. I, did, I, had, I did like competitions and stuff for composing and then in college majored in music and um after that after a time I actually got a master's in intercultural studies and so you can see these two lines converging huh. uh into a field called ethnomusicology okay which is the study of um ethnic people's music or uh, a particular ethnic kind of yeah groups music uh, cool. And right now, it would be a, a PhD, a doctorate in. I don't have a, a thesis to find yet, so uh, I'm not sure exactly what, but something in Caucasus music.
0: Gotcha. So, but this field you're talking about here is called ethnomusicology. Is that right? That's it. You can
1: you you can whip that out at your next dinner party. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very impressive. Um, <laughs> cool. Well, why don't you just? I'm sure listeners. <laughs> we still have not this is the first time we're even uh mentioning that music we play at the start of every episode. Probably a lot of you I would assume it sounds very foreign and just different to you. But that's right. I mean it's kind of <laughs> the <bet> sound you- <laughs> it's the sound of the Caucasus. To us it sounds so normal now. But yeah, I'm excited we can really delve into that more.
1: Well, as you can imagine, the topic music is like way too big to right. even make sense of. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that because that, you're right. That clip that we play by a, uh, an artist named Rinat Kar- Karmirov. Karimov. Renat uh-huh. Karimov. Yeah. We've, there's a link to him in our show notes every episode. Um, that's, that is a typical sound of kind of popular Kafka's music. I'm going to use the word, the term Kafka's, which is the caucus is a way of saying caucus. Yes. So yes. it's easier and sounds better to my ear. So Kafka's music, and and the overarching term for that, people would say is, Andrew? Lesginka. That's right, Lesginka. And yeah. Lesginka is a style of music. It's a style of dance. And we, like I said in our last episode, I hope we will have um, an episode on dance. So we'll touch on a lot of things. Um, so where do we start?
0: I have something to start with. <laughs> This might okay. be my only contribution to this <laughs> no, podcast. Uh so uh I read a fascinating article. I was thinking I mean, we mentioned this in the last episode. I'm a simple guy. For lack of a better word, Eli is much more artsy than me. And
1: uh <laughs> not the first time I've been called
0: that. Probably I mean, I'm I'm just pretty simple, easy to please kind of guy. You are a little more uh well versed in music and things like that. Uh so or picky. Maybe. There, there you go. But I looked up, I was researching, like, why is music important to people? And I found this fascinating article. It's an interview called, it's titled The Role of Music in Human Culture. But uh, different people, famous people participated in it. Moby. Again, a small topic. Yes. Uh, Moby, probably you guys know, uh, faming, famous recording artist and DJ Hans Zimmer, which he composed Batman and many other yeah, soundtracks, like, right?
1: Like, one-third of the music you listen to in movies was probably written by Hans Zimmerman.
0: And then uh, two other uh, famous people kind of in the music world. And uh, I want to read this quote from Rusty Roof, who is the—he's the chairman emeritus of the Grammy Foundation. But listen to what he says about what music is. He says, For me, music is the language which allows us to express emotion. We each have emotion inside of us that we need to get out and ones we need to experience— And often words are not enough. Music is that vehicle to express emotion when words don't suffice. Think, why do we put music behind slideshows we make at home, in soundtracks to movies, to change our mood when we get in the car, to help us deep think? Music is that language that helps us express and experience emotion. That's pretty deep. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever thought about it, you know, but I have thought, like, why does a soundtrack make everything sound better and cooler? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, but like that's really interesting to think. It really is its own language that allows us to express emotions, words, and not can't, only is it, yeah.
1: You know. Yeah. And language is a great word for it for trying to describe it. I mean, and the cool thing about talking about music is some people can tell you about it with words and terms that you wouldn't otherwise know, but mm. everyone experiences it equally. So everyone like you're not talking about something you've never experienced it's not like i'm talking about going to mars or the caucuses yeah you know i'm talking about something that everyone knows intimately but they just may not have words or categories for so i really like that talking about when you hear someone talk about music a cool thing about it is it's not only a language but it's like a language in a different dimension than spoken languages so huh like if you've seen the movie Arrival about these aliens who come down with a different language and a nonlinear orthography meaning they draw in ink blots instead of like words and letters yeah. and the whole idea is that their the way they write in their language opens up uh, new dimensions and um that is what music does i mean when you look at brain studies and child development and and music therapy uh, it is so beyond us what music actually does in our in our psyches, in our person's hearts, minds, bodies. Um, It's, and it's totally, it goes, you know, beyond kind of just a, into different dimensions. So I I don't want to sound... Well, I don't care how I sound, but <laughs> cuz I'm going to sound weird by the end of it. Let's let's charge in. Andrew, that was a great yes. quote to get us yeah. started because I want to I want to start off with a couple categories when people think about music and we're going to be talking a lot about folk music today. And I want to just distinguish it from two terms or ideas that we're all probably familiar with. Um as we try and get our heads around Caucasus music. Um it's disambiguation. You know how at the beginning of a Wikipedia article, there's it's, there's a little box disambiguation.
0: No, what? No, oh. what is that?
1: It's it. It takes away the ambiguity. So if you're looking up the word, um, kitchen, kitchen. If you look up, um, well, I'm thinking of an example like. Uh, World War Three or something, or World okay. War Two. Maybe yeah. there's a movie called World War Two, and Wikipedia has a page about the actual war and then there's a page about the movie and it ah, says okay. the same title, but we're going to take away the ambiguity and say if you want to talk about gotcha. the same title somewhere else, it's over here. So that's what I, I want to do. Uh-huh. First term that people don't use, but you'll know what I mean, is art music. Have you ever heard that term, Andrew? No. Okay. So art music basically is, is the term... Pretend for I'm a child. what we call, what we <laughs> I'll talk slower. What we call classical music. Okay, okay. It's European art music. It's not only European, Chinese of art music, Tunisians, but it's this idea of music that is music for music's sake. Like it's a piece of music unto itself. It's usually complex. It's it's okay. kind of high culture, right? So, gotcha. Name a piece of classical music that you know, Andrew.
0: Uh, oh boy. I know Beethoven and Mozart. And you go. I'm trying to think of uh Can you
1: sing can you sing a snippet of classical music?
0: Can I sing?
1: Yeah, like like the melody of, of a famous piece of classical music. <laughs> Any piece. What is it? You know it. What is that?
0: Oh for Elise?
1: For Elise. Yes. Wow, I was
0: I was blanking there.
1: That was awesome. So that that would be art music and um or just classical music. And this is sort of in contrast to everyday music, folk music, music that we just kick back and listen. It's, you know, it tends, it's good for analysis and it's good for um, theory and, and big Uh orchestras. But what we find in the caucuses is by and large, not art music, but it's also not another term, which is pop music. Okay. All right, if 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 you were hypothetically put on the spot and asked to give a general definition for pop music, what would you say?
0: <laughs> I was going to say I could sing lots of pop pop songs right now. <laughs> give me uh, one. <laughs> oh baby, baby. Oh, why? how was I supposed to know? Oh, oh man! All right. Dating myself okay. back to the nineties. <laughs> uh, how would I define pop music? Yeah, like pop music you, is. Or describe it. <laughs> it's very contemporary. It's mm-hmm. typically uh, the music is modern. It's catchy. Yeah. It's singing about some experience that a listener can relate to. Sure.
1: Yeah. yeah those are all great. And, and folk music is, is, can be similar. It sings about common day experiences. The big difference with pop music um, is, yes, it tends to be simple, repetitive, um, but it's designed for consumption. Okay. And it has an economic function. Yeah. Which is one reason. In, in other words, it's it's designed to make money. And that's that's why it tends not to be enduring. It tends not to be very meaningful. Huh. Now, I, I mean, like, a lot of people are like, you're you dissing my jam. And I know. Don't be knocking you know, on
0: Taylor Swift now.
1: Don't be knocking. She... <laughs> Yeah, heal the world. It changed my life <laughs> just like it changed yours. You
0: know, it is interesting. You, you said the, the goal is consumption and to make money. And uh, we briefly mentioned our last episode, a film director from the Caucasus who said the censorship of the West is the box office, whatever makes money.
1: That is a, and it is a brilliant insight. That we huh. don't. It's not a top-down government censorship. You can't say this, you have to say that. But yeah. we end up censoring ourselves by categorizing certain art forms, you know, as something mm-hmm. we make money with. Wow. So, so what we find in the Caucasus is also not pop music. Okay. It's, it's different. Okay. I want to try and capture that difference for you as best as I can from, from how I understand it. In Kafkas, do you ever say Kafkazia, by the way, is that like too much? Is it in, just too
0: silly? In Russia, I do all the time. Not really in America. In, you
1: said Kafkazia, right?
0: Yeah. No. Okay. Well. No. Oh, in Russian. Oh, in the Russian language.
1: You would just say in the Caucasus.
0: Not Caucasus. Caucasus. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Not Caucasus. All right. Um, but in in the Caucasus, I would say that uh, folk music is a vehicle and a receptacle for culture and history. Huh. Which is even that is way too narrow and shallow. But in other words. To, a big part, a big function is it, it really contains, it contains, it embodies, it preserves, it collects and centralizes culture, like concepts of cultural identity of Uh a, of a people's Uh sense of who we are. Okay. And the, the music is a means by which that identity is expressed and experienced. It is rehearsed. It's passed on and it's even, and it's created. I mean, identity is created in this and, this wow. is not unique to the to the caucuses, but it's okay. different from pop music.
0: Gotcha. So, would you? Pop. So, you said art music is the first category, pop music is the second. Is folk music the third category that we're talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And
1: in general, folk. This this is what folk music does. Yeah. Um, another distinction from art music is that folk music is usually attached to some life event.
0: Ah. Okay. Interesting.
1: Or or talks about life events. You know, there's this big idea of of real music in, um, in classical music, which doesn't mean like, yeah, this is real. This is stupid. It means music that is only music. It's not about something, you know? And folk music is usually very much about something. Um, yeah. That's k- kind of its point. So what someone mean? could take me to the mat on this and say, ah, oh, your terms are all wrong. And I'd, I would love, actually, I would love that. Please let <laughs> me. Take them to um, the mat. <laughs> but we're going to go with that category
0: let me let me interject here. So please. I have, please correct my, uh, um, probably my wrong perception of what folk music is. I feel like I'm probably speaking for a lot of Westerners. When I hear the term folk music, I have these images that come to mind that are like kind of pandering, like, oh yeah, you know, only older people listen to folk music, that kind of music. And, it's kind of old fashioned and oh yeah, that's kind of cute, but it's out of touch with the mainstreamer reality uh you <laughs> self centered pig Sorry. I feel like i at least i have these like that's kind of what comes to my mind when I hear that term folk music, and yeah, please correct me
1: though obviously that's not all off, that's not all wrong, yeah, because. Old people do listen to it, and a lot of it does seem corny to us because it isn't new. But that's what part of what I want to portray is that um, there is a different need and function for music in the caucuses that we Uh don't relate to as much, and you, in some ways, not at all, (laughs) okay, um, as Americans. Which is this need to capture, contain, and then rehearse our our cultural identity over and against. Others' cultural identities. Okay. Wow. That makes sense. So yeah, yeah, I would say here in or sorry in the U.S., a lot of people would say ah, that's that's cliche. uh, For example, yeah, because we're really we're so obsessed with the now and the future and kind of, um, yeah, and so yeah, so um, but I listen to what I would consider folk music. You know, the folk is a genre. You've got indie folk, alternative folk, folk rock, uh-huh. and you know they, usually what that means is they're telling stories. You gotcha. know, Johnny okay. Cash is kind of yeah, they're telling stories, and and that mm. and that pushes it. And, and that, plus, you got instrumentation; they tend to be more traditional or acoustic or whatever. But um, that's sort of the big difference.
0: Well, that's fascinating. So the history and the culture is you said that these concepts of, of cultural identity are tied up and communicated in the music itself. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's okay. Yes. That that definitely is different from the other kinds of music.
1: Yeah. Not only that. So, or not only that, but because of that, um, another feature of Caucasus music is there's usually gatekeepers. Okay. There are people who are allowed to perform the music and write new traditional music, which sounds funny because by traditional I don't mean old, but I mean that right. r- or like ethnic music. Um, the idea is that only some people are endowed with the the honor or the the privilege of crea- of, pres- of rightly preserving their culture or creating new cultural artifacts huh um, and there are a lot of cultural artifacts uh, that would, that's a term that would mean anything that uh, kind of reflects the culture. So in Dagestan, or in, in Chechnya, or in Kabardino Balkaria, you have handicrafts, you have carpets, you mm-hmm. have um, f- you know traditional clothing, and you have music. So, for example, in in Adigea, which is the western part of the Caucasus, um, this r- there was a, a role called the jigwako. Okay, that's better. Jigwakamoli. <laughs> um so anyway the Jaguaco in in Adig cultures, Adigay cultures, is like the Cherkessins and the Cabardine cultures, he's the composer. And he would attend battles and in order to write down heroic events. Uh-huh. So you think about this, this is not just a guy who's wanting to write a song to express how he feels. Right. He's like the reporter. You know, he's the news, but he's wow. more than the news because this whole people's honor is built on how they perform in battle for example. Yeah. So who's who gets to tell that story?
0: Yeah, I mean I was going to say there has to be some kind of system or filter for choosing who those people get to be.
1: Right. And so, not only does he attend, um, for example, battle or sporting events, but then he has to submit his work to a, a group of elders. Wow. <laughs> um, I think about what is that in um, Monty Python in the Holy Grail, right? <laughs> and you, and you've got the minstrel with Sir Robin, <laughs> and he's singing about Sir Robin. Do you remember this? Have you ever seen this?
0: I've seen it. I've not seen it more than once. So, so you are
1: not of the ilk of people who me. can like
0: quote this in their sleep. Sorry. So.
1: No, no, it's it's a farce if you've never seen it. Sir Monty Python, <laughs> obviously a British farce. And and it follows the stories of all the knights, of the different knights of the round table, and they're right. just totally absurd. And Sir Robin is sort of this foppish knight who doesn't really do anything. And so he's got his minstrel who rides or runs along with him and sings. At the beginning, he's singing of his great power and prowess on the battlefield, and then mm-hmm. he actually gets, like, scared off and so... The song then starts. rob Robin bravely ran away with his ears tucked back and his tail tucked down, and it's like just going on and on about what a coward he is. And yeah. he's saying, "Stop it! Stop!" Me. <laughs> All right. So some people listening are laughing because they've seen the movie. You're you're right, laughing right. to be polite. That's okay. Like, <laughs> but the point is that's that's like the function that helps you understand the function of um, musicians. We're not okay. talking just entertainment. We're not just talking art for art's sake. We're saying. This is deeply connected to um, preserving and and portraying our culture. So,
0: could, could we make it harder in the West for these people to <laughs> get their music out in the mainstream, like more filters and systems? Oh,
1: man. Yeah. Well, just wait till you hear some of it. I mean, it's so foreign to us um, for some of these reasons. So just to wrap up this point, uh, the closest parallel we would have in European... American mindset is the bard. You know, a bard is basically a storyteller. Which, interestingly, um, Shakespeare, his another name for him is the Bard of Avon, or just the Bard. That's in literature circles or or theater circles. People call him just the Bard because he is a storyteller, and a lot of original Shakespeare was actually done in song and stuff. So, anyway, that's the connection we're trying to make, and it's alive and well today. It's not just like way back there. Andrew, let me ask you a question. What do you think when people compose music in Western culture, American culture, what would you think is one of the main driving forces that causes a person to sit down and write a piece of music? What do they want to do?
0: I mean, they're usually, I mean, I feel like they're putting their experiences and feelings on paper and they're yeah. trying to communicate how they feel. That's what I would say.
1: I totally agree. I mean, there's, it is about, Expressing yourself, yeah, it's about telling what happened. it, it is, it is about getting yourself out there, hmm. or you know, it's like a self actualization thing. And in folk music and in Cox's music, it is not about expressing yourself. Okay, it's about expressing. Maybe you could say it's about expressing your group,
0: <laughs> huh?
1: So, just some different categories.
0: Cool. All right, Eli, I'm enjoying talking about this. I've been learning a lot, but. I feel like for my sake, probably mainly for my sake, the listeners are probably doing better than me, but can we just play some music? Do you have some Let's clips? And then we can like clips. talk talk, talk us through once we've played it what you've been talking to me about.
1: What on earth we're hearing? Yes. All right, let me cue this up. Um, I'm going to play a clip from my friend at ORED Recordings, and I'll put links in the show notes. Uh, my friend Bulat down in Nalchik. this guy goes around and does... Ethnic recordings of, of cool. mostly of Circassian or or music. So okay, this so is okay.
0: So he's like a Kabardian Cabardine guy, right? He's Chechess. Yeah, he's Cherkes. Awesome. Okay.
1: Yeah, and he's um, this is a clip of a bunch of fellas up in the hills singing a traditional song. Um, it's called the Song of the Dog and the Bear. And what you're going to hear in this is these guys singing repetitively, and you're going to hear um, a story. Obviously, it's in Circassian, so you won't understand it, but...
2: So I'm just
1: going to let that hang out in the background for a little bit. So okay. you got one guy saying something and a bunch of people responding. And it goes right. on for like, I don't know how many minutes is this a six seven minute song wow um and then there's a chorus and it it repeats and um, they're telling a story and it's about a dog and a boar did i say bear before a boar but it's it's got layers you know so i'm not going to go into all that what that means mostly because i don't know um i know (laughs) that there's more to it but that's just a, a sample and we would say well that's boring or maybe, you know, we, 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 so let me say, before I play a few more clips, let me just give a couple tips on how to listen to music.
0: Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah.
1: And, and in particular music, that's different. We tend to, you know, compare to what we already know. And when something's outside of what we already know, we relatively quickly jump to, um, naming it, labeling it, if not j- outright judging it. Right. Yeah. So music that's in a different scale than ours, we might say sounds out of tune, you know, if someone's bending notes or whatever. Huh. Um, or we might just say, well, that sounds bad. And what we often mean is I don't like it, but actually what we're saying is I don't understand it. Huh. Okay. When we encounter artwork that we don't, Our first feeling is, I just don't like it. Usually it means we don't really know what's going on. And therefore we can't really judge if it's good or bad. And even if we, I'm going to say, even if we like it.
0: So would that, would an example of that be, this is just coming to mind. I mean, basically you're in my, our parents' generation. They almost to a T will say they can't stand rap music great example it's foreign totally foreign to their ears they can't understand the words it didn't really exist back in their day
1: they don't see the reason for it Right. they don't feel it's musical there's no melody we can and and they're saying for, often they're saying i don't like it right. but what they're communicating is or what they're showing is i don't understand it
0: huh okay
1: And if we take the time to understand something, we will almost always inevitably grow to like it more. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to come out at the end of the day saying, I like it. Yeah, yeah. But we will almost always tend to like it, at least appreciate it more, and we'll then have the ability eventually, if we need to, to actually say whether it's good or bad. Uh Because there is bad art out there. Yeah. It's it's important not to... Pay money for it. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, when you listen to some of these clips, I want you to notice the things you don't like, but instead of judging it, ask questions about it. What's different? Why does it sound different to me? Uh-huh. Why does it sound like I don't like it? What am I hearing? Let me okay. see if I can name it. Okay. So I hang out with uh, an Avar fella. Um, This guy is 88 years old. He's been a musician all of his life. He's from Dagestan. The Avar is one of the largest people groups in Dagestan. Uh, And his den has about, I don't know, 20 instruments hanging on the walls. Wow. And a a piano and a case full of awards. And he's been doing this his whole life. Um, And he played a bunch of stuff for me. Um, Songs in the Caucasus, have have all sorts of functions. They're wedding songs, funeral songs, love songs, nursery songs, yeah, uh, hero songs. Um, and I'm going to play some samples of his uh, instruments.
0: Okay, so good.
1: Uh, the first one. What's his name? You. First name. So this guy's name is Ibrahim, Ibrahim. Ibrahimov.
0: Cool, Ibrahim good. Ibrahim
1: Ibrahimov. Yeah, you can see him find him online. Um, uh, is the pandur. With a P, Pandur, and it's a long, narrow, two-stringed, um, little strummy instrument. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Uh, real real short sample. Okay. The Pandur. How did it sound to you, Andrew? How would you describe it?
0: Well, my first... Uh, okay, let me answer your question. Then I have a side note. Don't let me forget to say... Uh, it yeah it doesn't sound like i'm used to in the i'm used to hearing people play a guitar which i feel like has a more full kind of whole sound yep so that sounded a little like kind of scratchy i guess i would say
1: yeah and if you listen to it again you'd hear that some of the pitches moved like bent a bit which mm. to us would sound like it's out of tune mm. um is a really basic important instrument and it's it's this guy's a stud he's 88 let me play another sample um, mm. in which he does a little shredding wow. he's singing here <laughs> and
2: then
1: he picks it up At the end, you heard him ramp up in in in, um, in speed, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Um,
1: so this is like a major show-off instrument. Okay. You know what I mean? You heard him like yeah, that was a
0: solo. So, yeah,
1: yeah. There are a few things that you probably recognize, Andrew, like the da 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 kind of rhythm hmm. that's super common in Kafka's music. It's these little triplets. Okay. Um, and there's also a drone on the bottom, like "Mm, dumb, that was the tone of the song and he went around, but it came back here. So if you had this the whole time, that's another thing that's really typical.
0: So, uh, our last episode, we, we talked about film in the North Caucasus and the first film I recommended is called Tangerines. Uh, that film, almost the entire soundtrack is using that instrument, Pandar. The pandour. Pandour. That first clip you played, that sounded almost identical to the entire soundtrack of that movie, Tangerines.
1: <laughs> Some people are like, oh. Yeah.
0: So anyways, <laughs> I, I didn't know that was the name of that instrument. And like when you watch the movie, it kind of has this like haunting sound and feel to it throughout the movie. But it was really, that was the immediately the first thing I thought of when you played that. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, haunting is a good word. Yeah. So, um, the Pandur's Bigger, Badder Brother is the kumuz, Okay. Um, and it's got steel strings and it sounds like this. It's more its more for strumming and less for picking. So it does some picking. Um, and again, you've got that same rhythm. Dun, diga, dun, diga, dun, diga, dun, and a drone on the bottom. They play the mandolin. Let's see if I can find my mandolin. Sounds pretty similar, actually. But this is interesting because it's the exact same mandolin that you would hear a bluegrass band in the U.S. play. Um, It's got sympathetic strings underneath there. If I fast forward here, you'll hear him tear it up at the end again. Hmm. I guess that's not what he's doing there. So we'll cut that out. I under, that was <laughs> Russian. That was
0: Russian. He was singing in Avar, is that right? The Avar language. Yeah. yeah but then he switched into Avar. Russian explaining to you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um then so I just, I'm just i just going through kind of families of instruments just to give you guys an idea. There's nothing super racy about this, but those are all strummed or plucked instruments okay. like a guitar, like a mandolin, yep. like a banjo, and they've all got different characteristics. They're made out of beautiful wood, and they're really something to behold, mm. and something that you come to appreciate as you come to understand them. I guess that's the point there is that when you are in the place and you hear it sung um, and played, not just trying to make it sound like a guitar, you, you appreciate it for what it is. Okay. Something interesting about that Ored recording that I played you, um, and another recording that my friend Bulat made, um, he he went to a village and wanted to hear their national music, and the, and the guys said, well, we have to go somewhere where we can play it. And that meant we can't just sit down and play it in our house. Yeah. I mean, we can, but that's not what it's for. And so there's a video clip. They went way up in the hills. They built a fire. Hmm. They're out in the grass, and then once they're settled, that's when they started singing. Wow! And playing, and it was that really says something about about how that music is experienced. It's, you know, they're not selling CDs that you typically flip on in your car. You can do that, but it's it's like this is meant to be done together in a certain way in a certain place.
0: Yeah, it's funny. You always see music videos done in settings like that, but these guys, they, w- <laughs> yeah, they actually yeah. had to go up there for it to be to real. do it right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, the next instrument is, a, you've got bowed instruments. This is what you would call, it's called a chagana, or um, they call it a mountain fiddle. So here's a real short sample of one. how it does that. It just like goes to goes to town on it. Um, huh. I really think this is a crazy instrument. It he, It's it's about as long as a violin, but it's just got a little cylinder with a stick coming out of it and a couple metal strings. You put it a peg on your knee, like a fit, like a cello, but just on your knee, and you hold it upright, and you play it sideways. Um, and you see this all over the place. They're similar to some other instruments. Huh. They got a flute. Um, play this guy's flute sample real yeah. quick. Really beautiful, big, wooden flute. Huh. A lot of mic noise there.
0: This is all Ibrahim, the same guy? Oh, yeah. Wow. He's
1: doing it all. So it, can, it goes on. Um, so a huge a huge breath or, or a surprising breath of, of instrument types. Mm. Um, and then... Uh, I got the whole family together. Ibrahim performed with his wife or used to perform with his wife and his children. so um, before I left, uh, I asked them to to play me a song all together okay and um, so i 'm going to play a sample of that. This is really cool because literally they put down the instruments and ran out the door so here 's a little family jam um, of what some of these sound like together <laughs> something really interesting to listen for is how they kind of communicate with each other hmm. because you had Ibrahim on the lead on the on the fiddle and then you've got the strumming of the kumus and the drum and they're following him, they're all watching him and you can kind of hear a give and take Now, I also said that there wasn't a, a large presence of, of art music, and this has no words, uh-huh. but this would be um, facilitating a dance, most likely, okay. um, either at a celebration or something. And in a bit, and we won't get all the way to it, it picks up and changes tempo again because that's that's what would happen in the dance. So,
0: Would you say mm-hmm. a lot of the music, of the folk music in the North Caucasus is connected with dance or there's only certain kinds that are?
1: I don't know the answer to that. Okay. I'm sure there are, I'm sure there are kinds that are not because there are genres that are not dance genres. Yeah. Um, but I would say a lot of it, a lot of it is, but you know, if it's a lullaby, they are lullabies. That's a big one. Um, yeah. I mean, this is really so,
0: interesting because listeners, the primary form of music that anybody knows about the Caucasus is the Les Ginka, and that is exclusively associated with dancing. And so what Eli is delving into is a much broader, wider range of music that I, I haven't even, I mean, I'm learning a ton here. This is totally new to me. Yeah.
1: Now, Les Ginka is significant. And I said, we're not talking about pop music, but it is basically the pop music of the Caucasus. Hmm, yeah. Um, and we'll save more of that for a later episode. Um, but but there's a so the reason I, I am mean, Ibrahim was um, exceptional that he could play so many instruments. And there's a lot of crossover with with they're not just of all, all of our instruments. You know they they cross across all the way um, through the Caucasus. Mm. But there's a key instrument which we haven't played yet. We haven't heard from. <laughs>
0: Yes, my legs starting to balance. That's right, <laughs> that's right. So this is the accordion.
1: Um, interestingly, this is an uh, instrument that is very often played by women. Um, it's one of the few instruments that culturally is really acceptable. I've found a lot of like solo videos on YouTube of women just playing the accordion. Huh. Um, but this is what you would hear... Most often in most music, this is. I think this guy's also Avar, because you can hear that of the Avar, which is an Avar sound. Um, So, this is one of of dozens and dozens of examples I could give Mm. of the accordion. Um, This is a very slow example, um, but there are other examples. So, as you can tell, when music is playing, It's really hard for me to talk. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and then there's a series of drums and percussive things. Um, So that's just a tiny, tiny little taste of very authentic sounds Hmm. from the caucuses. And the point I want to give is I want to give you a feel, a flavor of what those were like, how they fit together, some of the role they play, and how significant, mainly how significant they are. But it filters down... To the guys with the big speakers in their cars Driving around late at right. night Outside of our apartment <laughs> windows Blasting their Les Ginka. So You might recognize this guy Yep This is our intro music But I'm not going to fade it here
0: And the run Yep That's Cox's so music
1: so here you can hear a blending. You've got um, a Caucasus instrument accordion, obviously borrowed from somewhere else. You've got the triplets, um, but then you've got a very kind of Western pop beat or, or sound in the background. But this song is called Caucasus Dance. Huh. It's a song about dancing in the Caucasus, and of course, you could dance to it. It's perfect, yeah. and it's super catchy. It's it's leg bouncing, like you said. Yeah. Get your legs bouncing. Um, and honestly, I know less about you know kind of the meaning and and place of this stuff. Andrew, you probably know of a lot of settings where this kind of music was played, and people would use it. Can
0: you can you think of some? I mean. Besides cruising a little (laughs) bit outside of our windows? I would say Les Ginka, the Les Ginka music, when it's played and it almost always results in people dancing, uh, which this is going to be a separate episode and it's not the kind of dancing where you're picturing in your heads, listeners. Um, It's very specific to the Caucasus. But it's often played and people dance to it in like, settings of joy where people are either celebrating or having fun. Um, I mean it, the guys dance is a very kind of like expressive showy kind of thing. And like, like a rooster, it makes people happy when people do the Les when the music plays and people do the Les ginkas. So it's, I, I mean, it. weddings that you can, we're going to eventually include some links in the show notes, but YouTube is just chock full of wedding Les videos, you know? Um, That's true.
1: So that's what I got for today. That is a brief overview from a fairly analytical overview, um, but definitely a taste. So there will be future episodes zooming in on some of these things. um, And as our recording library grows, um, we'll be sure to include those.
0: Yeah. So let me ask, Ilar, are you going to include what you played today and maybe even some other links in the show notes? So listeners, if they want to kind of get a better feel for the music.
1: Yeah. I'd love to. I'd love to. There are a lot of good web resources out there. So I'll list the names of, of what we played. These are all personal recordings, um, except for the last one. Um, but besides those, I will, um, do my best to, to make, get some links up there so you can look into these further.
0: That was really great. Um, thanks Eli, man. Pleasure. You schooled me today, literally in music. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: Hey, so I want to – this is really cool. We didn't plan this, but we got a North Caucasus News Minute today and uh, also talking about a famous Avar man. Um, So you talked about um, this uh, musician, Ibrahim, who is Avar from Dagestan. And um, I found a really cool um, article uh, on the internet um, in recent weeks Uh, And it referenced, let me just tell you the article. It's actually in a newspaper in the country of India called the Hindustan Times. Makes sense. And yeah, it's about um, a university. It's Punjab University. It's in the far north of India in the state of Chandigarh. Mm -hmm. And uh, there, the kind of regional language is Punjabi. But in India, I don't know if you know this, listeners, um, probably some of you do, but English and Hindi are the two official languages of India. So what's been happening at this university, Punjabi, uh, Punjab University, is written signs, kind of billboards all over the campus. They're only writing on the signs in English and Hindi, and they're not using... The punjabi language at all even though that mm. is the like native language of the majority of the people who live in that state and so students are protesting about it uh we'll link the article so you can see it but what's fascinating is apparently among punjabis in pakistan and in india northern india a dagestani poet is extremely famous hey yeah, and uh, this poet is Rasul Gamzatov. Oh. He, I've been told about him by some of my Caucasus friends, but he is the probably the most famous poet to come out of the North Caucasus. Um, he's Avar. Definitely. Um, yeah, and he was extremely well-loved and well-known throughout the Soviet Union. Um, he lived uh, until 2003, but what was unique about him was all of his poetry he wrote in the Avar language. Right. And then it would get translated into the Russian language. In Um, English, you
1: can get English translations too.
0: Yeah, and uh, his most famous work, it's called My Dagestan, My Dagestan. Um, But uh, anyways, they're using him as an example in India of why it's important to preserve your native language. That is crazy. Isn't Isn't that cool? He's like an example for them. That is very cool. Yeah. Do you know what? I actually had a
1: quote from from him about the Pandur, a two-liner. Listen to this. Okay. yeah From from Gamzatov. To whom and from whom, who will touch the strings by hand, Pandur will call and send away sorrow.
0: Wow. Yeah. That was awesome. It's from his Uh,
1: inscriptions.
0: I have a quote from him too. (laughs) It's a... I cut it down as much as I could, but this is just beautiful. Uh, like this is really good poetry. This is from the, it's not even, it's the preface of his book of poets, book of poems of my Dagestan. But let me read this to you. This is really uh, beautifully written. Obviously an English translation. It takes a child two years to learn how to speak. It takes a man 60 years to learn how to hold his tongue. I am not a two-year-old, neither am I 60. I'm halfway through my lifespan, yet I'm closer to the latter mark, which is why a word unsaid is more precious to me than all the words that have been spoken. A book I have not yet written is more precious to me than all the books that have come from my pen. It's beyond price, the closest to my heart, and the most exacting. O oh, book of mine, you have dwelt, with, dwelt within me for long years. You're like a well-beloved woman you see from afar, one you have dreamt of but never dared touch. At times she's been quite close— And almost within reach, but I've been timid and shy, blushed and drawn back. All that is over and done with. I've decided to approach her boldly and take her by the hand. From a timid lover, I wish to turn into a bold and experienced man. I saddle my horse and court it thrice. What will be will be.
1: Whoa.
0: How awesome is that?
1: That's like a, I'm, I'm going to write my dang book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I read that and it was like, I want to read his poems. That, that was yeah. beautiful. I don't know wow. what court it thrice means. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to work on the English translation <laughs> of that. But uh, It's something three times. Anyways, uh, props to Rasul Gamzatev. I'm sure many of you are hearing of him, of him for the first time listeners. We'll have some links in the show notes to some of his works uh, mm-hmm. in English. So you yeah, can actually, check that out.
1: He actually has an official. There's an official page called the mm. People's Poet of of Dagestan. Oh, cool! Um, yeah, so we'll we'll get that link up there.
0: Yeah. So, anyways, uh, the Caucasus making strides around the world, uh, unbeknownst that. to most, many of us, but really cool. So that's our news minute.
1: Brilliant. Well, you know, uh, in the spirit of what we're doing, I think I think we should wrap up and fade out with uh with a a little Ibrahimov family jam, don't you? That's
0: awesome. I love it.
1: Well, I'll go ahead and say this is Caucus Talk. This has been episode 13 of Caucus Talk, your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus mountains of Russia. We will see you when you get here. See ya. Gracias. Sí.